0: You know, they like, because he lives, uh, it's great, this is Easter, I appreciate the theme, he came to church and he's alive and, uh, you know, we wear the banners and, you know, the shirts and the kids go to class, they color the pager, he is risen, but I've wondered how often people don't understand what that means. The reason is because we, we're we really good at traditions, we're really good at Doing these things. Christmas, we have, the, we have the Christmas tree, we have the presents, we have the da da da. You know what I'm saying? We knock it out. We have all the things that we're used to doing with all the different holidays, and a lot of them we don't stop to say, why do we do it? We just do it. And I, I fear that sometimes we do that even with Easter. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, you're going to say, well, Pastor Tony, I know it's about our risen Savior, but how often does the focus go on Easter eggs and Easter baskets and Easter bunnies and Easter this and that? and it take, it's taken away from the resurrection of our Savior. And I'm not saying that this morning. I want you to say, oh, he's here to beat us up over how we get our focus off. No, I'm I just here to warn you that the devil doesn't want you thinking about this. That's why I'm saying that. Because I promise you, an Easter basket, an Easter bunny will never do anything for your salvation. Although it's fun to add to it, and it's fun to have it, but that's not our focus. And and I, I fear a lot of people don't focus on it because they don't understand the application to it. It's like uh, going to high school. And I understood that I need to learn 1 plus 1 equals 2. Because when I go to a grocery store and they ask me for my money, I've got to give it to them. And I've got to add that up. But I don't understand why I had to sit in class and learn about uh, thousands of dead people. That their date, the year, and what they did. And, and you know, we all, uh, be all spiritual on me, school teachers are going to hate me for this, but every student sit there and says, how is this going to help me in life? You know, it's like, we can't pay our bills. You know, Christopher Columbus, no, I was like, it's not going to fix it. And it's almost like we do that with Easter. Now, we know the facts and figures that Jesus Christ died on the cross, and then he was buried in a tomb, and he came out, and praise God for that day that we can talk about that. But to be honest, how is that going to help me in my life? Because a lot of us Go to church and do those things because oh, I don't want to make mom mad or oh, it's a family thing to do. You know, I, I started thinking about what we do apply to our lives. I apply what I know that I need. Uh, I, 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 it's like, okay, I grew up in church. Mom and dad twisted my arm. They made me go to Sunday school. I learned the verses. I'll do that. But now that I'm old, to be honest, I'm just so busy. And, and honestly, Pastor Tony, I, I know that I should be in church, but my schedule and da 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 and the thing is, we don't understand the application. It's just something we have to do. It's amazing how, if you know that you have a need for something, you go after it. If the doctor was to tell you that you're dying and there's only one hope for you and you've got to have this treatment or you're going to die, I promise you, I would not have to twist your arm or talk you into it. You would be saying, Doctor, where's it at and how do I get it? And the truth of the matter is, we're dying. And this is our only hope. And Jesus has paid it all. I want to take you through a journey this morning. And I want to take you back. And I just want to, I want to make sense of it. I want us to know why we do what we do. And I want you to know that although the Satan will try to distract us, the application of the cross is around us every single day. You can't wake up. You can't look forward. You can't look back without seeing the need for the cross. See, in the beginning, God created everything, and on the sixth day, God created man. He created man for his fellowship and in his image. And the Bible says that sin came into the world, and there was a separation from us and God. There was a wall. It was called sin, and sin has separated us from God. And no matter what I do, I cannot get to God or his righteousness because there's a wall of petition called sin. The Bible says something that stirs us to the core. Because people ask the question all the time, why is there cancer? You want, to, you want me to worship your God or body your God? Then you answer me. Why is there sin? Why is this tsunami? Why would God allow so many people to suffer? I can't worship or I can't love a God. I can't, can't, can't of all these different things. And Satan sits back and says, yeah, just listen. You don't need that God. You don't need that religion. You don't need that band-aiding your life. Can I give you the biblical answer? And that's what my hope is this morning. You say, why is all these things? But the, the Bible has the answer. It says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death I sin. And so death passed upon all men, That all have sinned. Let's pray as we get started. God, we're just asking, Lord, for the cross, Lord, to to make sense to us in our lives, for us to understand, Lord, the fact that we live in a dying world and we have a dying soul, and Lord, we need you to give us life. Lord, I pray, Lord, for myself. Lord, I've got so many thoughts going through my mind. Lord, we've had a long week, and I know a lot of people are tired. But Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, at this minute to lead me to the cross and help me to see you high and lifted up. Pray this in your name. Amen. Right. Let, 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 me, let me tell you that there's a lot of powers that we talk about, and I love to take you here. How many of you got excited? I know you, some of you saw it come in. Some of you, were are peeking during the prayer, and you saw Jesus sneak into the tomb. Raise your hand right now. I want to know who you are. You saw it. All right, I'll, I'll meet you guys after church. But you know, I, I see that, and I'm thinking, man, I can't help but get excited. And I, I know it's just an actor. His name is Brent Matheny. That was not Jesus. I hate to bust your bubble. But I love the depiction of it. Amen? I love to know that he was dead, and then he rose again on the third day, and he conquered death. But I can't tell you how awesome that is without me first explaining the power of death. The power of death. Saying, Pastor Tony, I did not come here on Easter Sunday to talk about death. You realize that we can't get onto the rest of it. You understand the power of death. How many of you are getting old? Raise your hand. Come on. Hands. Come on, come on, come on. Do you have a mirror at home? You're getting old. 37 years old. I wake up with aches that I didn't know that I had. We take medicine to take care of our aches. And then we tell the doctor, I have this new problem. And he said, that's because of the medicine you're taking for your aches. So what does he do? He gives you new medicine to take care of the medicine problem that's giving you. It's a vicious circle. You know why? hate to tell you guys, you're dying. You're getting old. We're falling apart. We, we feel it every single day. Our, our bodies are dying. I remember how the bible says that there's a curse and the bible says the curse fell upon all men you look around you no matter what you see as the flowers die as the grass dies as the world is dying as people die as people get old sin came into the world all around us you see it i was a teenager fell in love with a beautiful woman her name is jenny i asked her to be my wife it wasn't hard for her to say yes because i was a stud muffin I had to ask her to marry me because I knew it wasn't long before she'd be hunting me down and asking me the question. You say stud muffin, define. I don't have to. Picture's worth a thousand words, Brother Richard. Stud muffin. There's one difference between that picture and this picture today. What is it? No, I had a pimple. Oh, yeah. You see... I was so broken the day that the doctor told me that I was losing my hair because I went to him and I said, Something's wrong. It's all falling out. And I thought he was going to give me some special spray or cream or pill or something like that. And he said, Dude, the roots are dead. He said, There's no cream to raise the dead on your head, okay? <laughs> and so I, it was one more thing. I'm thinking, Everything's dying. We live in a world that is passing away. It's the reality. You can turn around and say, hey, I'm not into this religion church stuff. Don't shove that down. I'm here to tell you, you are dying and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't. It's the reality of death. The Bible says this, let me give you. I don't, I don't want to do this without giving you the scriptures. The Bible says we're spiritually dead. He said, and you being dead... And your sins. We're dead in our sins. See, I wish I could tell you today that it was a physical outward thing. But I'm here to tell you it's not just a physical outward thing. When, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the Bible says that they were separated. He said, warn them, ye shall surely die. Adam goes up, Eve goes up, grabs of the fruit, eats of it. Oh, I'm still alive. sin was brought in the world. And death by sin. Which literally meant that they were on their way down. But there was a greater, greater, greater death that happened. And it wasn't an outer death. It was an inward death. It was a separation from God. They were sinful. There was sin. God cannot have fellowship with sin. It separated us from God. They were removed from the garden. There's power in sin. I hate, I hate even saying it. There's power in sin. Can I, can I just tell you that? There's power in sin. Sin has the ability to get in your life and destroy you from the inside out. Sin has the ability to come in and ruin your marriage and ruin your life and ruin everything that you have. The Bible said, when lust hath conceived, hath bring bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bring it forth. What's the word? I hate it. Here, the thing is, it's not just an outward thing, it's an inward thing. The Bible says we are dead in our sins. There's something missing on the inside. Our spirit died. We're dead inside. We're dead in our sins. We cannot come alive, and there's nothing you can do to change that. As depressing as that thought is, it breaks my heart. I hate it to watch these kids grow up on the disney channel and they have all the fame and popularity you you can take and i'm not going to name names but you can take these young people and you can put out their picture over in any foreign country in this world and you know what they're going to point out and say who they are because they're so famous by the time they're 17 18 19 years old they've already got their own yacht and their own house and their own they're millionaires And I I say, I I tell my wife all the time, I say, you know what, it's coming, and I hate it. It's coming, and I hate it. I I hate it because how is it that the next thing that comes advertised is they're whatever age now, and they're coming out of rehab, and they're on their second marriage, and they're an alcoholic, or they've got this and that. You say, well, you're just trying to pick on them. No, I'm trying to show you something. Something's dead inside of them, and they're trying to make it Come alive. And the money and the popularity and the fame and the boats and the houses and the millions of dollars and all the things that you and I say, if I had that, I'd be happy if I had it. It's not making them happy. It doesn't fill the void. There's something wrong in their life in this church right now. It's filled with people that are the same way. Something is wrong. So we run to a bottle and say, I just want to feel alive. We run to a drug, and we run and jump out of this relationship into this one. This will fix it. It will never fix it. It can't because it's dead. Like doctors saying, "I can't. I can't do anything else." I'm telling you, there's no, there's nothing there left. I can't raise the dead. There's, there's power. The Bible says that there's power and death. For the wages of sin is death. It's a steep payment. It means that things die. You realize that the richest people in the world have tried to figure out how to freeze their bodies or how to hire the most advanced doctors and the most advanced medicine, and you realize what they find out is nothing, nothing, nothing they do or have or the power of their money has the ability to stop death. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but here's the truth. You are going to die, and God's got an appointed time for you, and you cannot stop it with your will, your desire, your good works, or anything. We are going to die. We can't change it. If that was only it, if that was only it. I talk to people all the time, and maybe you're that person that stands back and says, Hey. I don't want to hear all this church stuff and everything. I want you to know right now from my heart, there's a good chance that you might not ever come back to this church again. And you might walk out of here and say, I just don't like that preacher. I don't like this or whatever. And that's fine. Say I didn't like the song or I didn't like the, the, whatever it is, that's fine. But I need you to get what I'm going to tell you right now. Because what I'm about to tell you could change your life. What it's about to tell you is about eternity. What I'm about to tell you is everything, everything, everything in your life is on this right here. It is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. It doesn't matter if you sit there and say, I believe when I'm dead, I'm dead. God said you can believe that, but here's the truth. You're not just dead. And we push that away and I don't want to hear it? And the truth of the matter is, if I don't tell you because God sent me as a messenger to tell you the truth, one day you're going to die, one day you're going to stand before God, and something's going to happen. The Bible says in Revelation, Say you don't know the future. You're right, I don't. But I have a God that wrote me the future. And He said, at the end of the end of the end, He said, and I saw the dead, us, appointed unto men once to die. This is you. Put your name there right now. And I saw you. And I saw the small and great, the big time preachers that thought they had it all together, the little nobodies, the ones that had the money and the ones that were broke, the ones that had it all figured out, the ones that were popular on TV, the ones that nobody even knew about and got picked on stand before God. And the books were open. There's a book the name of those that know Jesus Christ as their personal savior those that came to the point that said "I, what I need you. I can't, li- I can't live without you God I can't do anything without you when we plead the blood of Jesus Christ our name is written in the Lamb's book of life it's not a church attendance book it's not which church or denomination you attended it's none of those things you're either dead or you're alive in Christ that's the only two options So let me see who's been alive in Christ. They were judged according to what was written. And the Bible continues to say, listen to this, please, please, please. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. The wages of sin is death. It's not just a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. It was a separation from God. There is power in death. In the Old Testament, they had um, a lot of things that they did to kill people. Say that's morbid. I know it is. Because they were dealing with people that were not perfect. Every man is a sinner. The the, the popular thing that they did was to call the cross. It's what we have here. We, We look at a lot. Back in the Bible days, this was not looked up as something special. They did not hang it around their necks. They didn't hang it in their houses. It represented somebody that they loved that died. They, they, they didn't have it on their t-shirts and their backpacks, and they didn't put out services and everything. Why? Because that represented the fact that somebody did wrong, and somebody paid the crime for it. That's what the cross is. You say, well, they drugged Jesus to the cross. No, he laid down his life on the cross. No man could take my God. No man could conquer him. No man could force him. The Bible says he laid down his life for me. See, the thing is, we are all destined to die. And the Bible said that God God often gave illustrations that we could understand it. He was a visual God. My God wants you to understand it. He doesn't want salvation to be like, oh, I don't get it, or how do do you have that? And God never intended that. So God said, I choose the cross because they know that that means death. For that thief on the cross next to Jesus, here he is. I did wrong. I did wrong. I did wrong. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to pay for my sin because I stole and I cheated and I'm going to pay for that. It is appointed on me. One day I'm going to encounter death and I'm going to pay for my sin. My sin is going to be punished. I'm going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to encounter my death. Sir, your day is up. The crucifixion has been scheduled. They take that man and nail him to the cross because of the wages of sin is death. Now you say, wait a minute, you're telling me at the end of my life I'm going to be nailed to a cross. I'm not telling you that. But that's a visual that God gave us to understand. I talked about the power of death. Can I I bring you to another power? It's the power of love. Morgan, can you come up here, baby? This is Morgan, and she is seven years old. And uh, she is going to be very spoiled this week. She was willing to skip the egg hunt and all the kids programs to come in here and help me. I want you guys to know something that God blessed me with three amazing kids. They're not amazing to you. Actually, they might be frustrating and aggravating to you. Isn't it funny how you have an incredible love for your own kids? Uh, I was, when I was young and growing up, I'd see people and Restaurants and their baby would be crying, and I was there,, can you shut that baby up? You know?" And they would pick up that baby and go, "Oh, how cute." I'm like, "Really? I mean, do you not smell the what's coming beneath that baby? Do you not see the baby crying? Do you not hear the annoyance ringing through the air? Uh, how can you call that cute until I had my own child? Not too long ago, Morgan, if you remember this, she was playing. And uh, there's a rule that she's not supposed to take off her shoes when we're running around at the church and different things, projects that we were doing. And there was glass on the floor, big chunk of glass. She stepped on it. They came in and they told me that, that Morgan's foot's bleeding. And I said, oh, okay, you know, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that overdramatic dad. And, and I went in there and I said, Morgan, are you okay? Quit, you're overreacting. And I picked up her foot and I overreacted. <laughs> I lost it. I'm like, oh, you know. And, and I t- I promise you, I was like Kung Fu Panda, man. I, I, I swept her up, kicking down doors. I ran to the car. I, I'm like trying to get to the hospital. I, I mean, they thought I was crazy, man. I, I carried her through the door like, like I'm in Vietnam carrying somebody to the chopper, you know. All right, I just had it in me. I'm like. there's something that takes over in our brains when we see our children hurt the doctor said you know I've got to get that out and we're like well duh we're here for that I'm not doing it I want her to hate you not me (laughs) he said you realize that I cannot get that out unless I dig for the glass he said I can numb it but he said I've got to get that needle all over her foot to numb it And he turned to me and he said, Dad and Mom, I need you to hold her down. And I don't care how bad she screams, I have got to put this needle in her foot. And she's going to feel it until the numbing stuff takes over. I'm a pretty tough guy. I wear loose jackets just to cover all this up. (laughs) Can't have people being jealous in church. But I tell you what, I was crying. I hated it. I hated it, I hated it, I hated it because she was screaming my name. Daddy, 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 stop, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. You know what the thing was? It was her fault. Sorry it was. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. She did what she was not supposed to do. But it did not change my love for her. And it did not change the fact that it bothered me. And it did not change the fact that we had to do that. And the doctor said, we've got to do x-rays to know how deep it is and where it went. And they took her from us. And I ended up seeing out that room while she was crying. They wheeled her in there and everything. And you're saying it's no big deal. It was a big deal to me. Because you'll never, ever, ever know how much I love her. Simple fact is an incredible power and in love. See, one day, one day, Morgan, one day, there's gonna be a jerk. You listen to daddy, okay? Don't give me that look. He's gonna be all handsome, not as handsome as your dad. You'll have to know what was that. Your mom got the best, but you can settle for second best. But He's going to come and ask you to be his wife. And you're going to say two little letters. It is, amen. <laughs> Train up a child in the way she should go. Now I'm going to have to say goodbye to her. I just did a wedding yesterday and I've wondered over and over again, how can that dad make his way from there to there to give her away? I don't want to let her go. I don't want you guys thinking I'm morbid. I don't want you twisting this, but let me me show you this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his love wherein he loved us. Did I skip anything? It's only the word great. The Bible says, for his great love wherein he loved us. You see, we quote a lot of times, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. The only thing that I can describe is this kind of relationship right here where God says, Tony, do you know how much you love her? I love you even so much greater. I'm like, God, how can you? Do you understand the fault and the failures and the mess ups that I do? And God says, I know all that. But I still love you. So how is that possible? It's called Grace. God's unmerited favor that he gives to us, and when I did not deserve it, God gave it to me anyways, and the thing is, although in this relationship, and don't take this the wrong way, is for the children, or for you, and for God, and that separation, when she did wrong, it's separated, because God, who is a righteous holy God, cannot touch and fellowship with sin. Well, you know what? I would have did, if I was God. I would have just never had sin. And I would have just made it where we could be together forever. See, the thing is, that is not love. See, love is when I want my daughter to hug me because she loves me, not because I make her. And these people that have that twisted perspective of God of saying, I don't understand why God did that because God gave them a choice to say, I want you to love me. We love him because he first loved us. My love to him is a response to his love for me. See, there's a separation. He will. And it bothered God. God hated it. God hates sin. God hated death. God hated this relationship right here. The sad thing is God knows this. Morgan, in her walk of life every day is sweet as she is and as much as I love her every day, she is the wages of her sin is death. The wages of her sin is death. She cannot be good enough to overcome her faults. She cannot forgive her past. Even if from this point on, she was perfect. A lot of people say, oh, I try to do my best. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No matter what she did, she would never be righteous or good enough to merit God's favor, she couldn't. She could not overcome her sin. She could not forgive her sin. Even if she was perfect from here on out, she still has a history of lies and deceit and everything else because we're all fallen, because we live in a sin-cursed world, because death has passed upon all men for that of all have sinned. I don't get this. 2 Corinthians 5.21, and I'm just telling you the story of God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. Perfect. Never ever ever fallen in sin that we might be made in the righteousness of him. The Bible says in Galatians 3:13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made the curse for us. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2:24 who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree. You see, the thing is, the wages of sin is death, but the debt had to be paid. No matter what, if you owe on something, your car or whatever, that debt must be paid. Somebody is going to be held accountable for that debt. Morgan is held accountable. But I love her so much. In that hospital room on that day, if, if they would have said, Dad, you could take the shot in front of her, I would have did it. And I know that you guys identify and say the same thing. I would take her place. And my God, who loved me that much, took my sin and bare it on the cross. He that knew no sin became sin for me. A substitute. He stepped in. He took my place. And the Bible says that he was able to because he knew no sin. He had the power to do so. But the Bible says, as simple as this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he conquered it. He died. He took my place. Oh, it goes further than that. We keep reaching, reading and it says, verse 14, for he is our peace who hath made both and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished, abolished the enmity in his flesh. The Bible says he is slain, Our sin, you realize what he did? He not only took, listen to this, he not only took it, he not only died, he not only forgave it, he buried it. He died with Jesus Christ. He came out victorious. There is no sin that can come back and touch me. You say, how is that possible? Oh, let me go back to my first point. It's dead. It's dead. See, the word slain, it it, it means to kill outright, to destroy, to put to death. You see, one day it is appointed unto men once to die and after this to judgment. One day I'm going to stand before God and one day you are. And I'm going to stand right there before God and the books are going to be open and say, how is this possible? And the devil's going to stand up, hey, this isn't right. Hey, I know what he's done. I know his past. I know his failures. And we all have them. And Jesus is going to step up and say, hey, wait a minute, Satan, before you run your big mouth. I took her sin to the cross. And I died. And my blood covered every one of them. She is free to go. Paid in full. The debt has been paid. The Bible says there is now no condemnation. There is nothing held against us. But it's as simple as this. There is absolutely no way possible that she can do it in and of herself without claiming the blood of Jesus Christ. Maureen, you can go. You say, what is the point? The world is dying. I can tell you right now that there is person after person that is in this room right now. That they go through life, and it's not that they don't have a knowledge of this. You might not have understood it the way that I laid it out, but we have somewhat of a knowledge of this of the fact that I've fallen short. Yes, I've seen all of us know that. But the truth of the matter is, one day that I'm going to stand before God, and it's either I claim and I ask Jesus for what He did, or I do it. Do you understand that? The wages of your sin is death. They will be paid for. You either ask for the gift of God who took your place, or you pay it yourself, which is hell. You say, guys, so thank you. Know, these people that are going through this life, they're trying, and they're doing this, and they're out. and I hope I'm saved, and I hope I know, and I hope, I hope, I hope. You see, God did all that that we might have life. He did all that that we may know that we have eternal life. He did all of that so you wouldn't question or wonder. He did all that so you could have the fullness of God and you didn't have to go through life trying to figure it out and trying to put it together because you can't. Are you tired of it? Are you tired and say, I'm not a church person? Oh, that's okay. But I'm talking to all of us for this. Sit there and try to put the pieces together and try to make it work and try to create happiness or try to make your marriage work or try to make your parenting work. Try to fill the void, you can't. You were created to be of God. You were created with the spirit of God when it died. The only way to fix it is to ask God to come in, who God is the only one to make you alive again. We have baptism. That's something awesome. He said, do it after you're saved. It doesn't do it to save you, but you do it after you're saved as a testimony. And we're buried in the likeness of his death. Name the sin. Name it right now. In your hand you say, I've done, I've done, I've done. God knows, okay? You claim the blood of Jesus Christ and you say, God, I'm tired. I'm sorry. Lord, I've had affairs, I've sold drugs, I've lied, I've cheated. I'm jealous, I'm this, I'm that. God said, when you claim the blood of Jesus Christ, it died with me. When you're buried, it died with me. Raised to walk in newness of life. The only way to be alive is to be alive in Christ. That's it. But when you try and you try your own way, you will keep falling short. I want to close with one last point. It's not just, it's not just the power of death. It's not just the power of his love. There's one more. It's the power of his resurrection. This is Awesome. He died on the cross they buried him I hate this because you know I know God forgives me but sometimes we can't forgive ourselves have you ever thought of that sit there and say man I'm reminded every day of my scars in my life the filth that I've done the life that I've done some of you are sitting there saying I'm still holding on to an addiction my my kids won't speak to me because of my past I've done this I've cheated on her and him I've shot up, I've got the wounds, I've got the scars, I've got the, the, the rap sheet. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got all that. But you see, Jesus, he took all of that. And the Bible says that we are raised to walk in newness of life. God has given us a second chance. It's not just the fact that I'm forgiven. I've been made alive in Christ. I'm not here to brag on myself, but I'm here to tell you that the simple fact is, that when you try to live your life to try to come alive, you cannot. Your marriage will die. Your life will die. Your future will die. But God has a way of making all things new. It's amazing grace that I'm able to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, what has God done for you? I'm glad you asked, I'll tell you. He's given me three amazing kids that I don't deserve. God has allowed me to be a pastor. God has allowed me to, to feel his experience of all the goodness of God he puts on me the blessings of God and you say oh good for you no it's not me it's all in the glory of God you see he made what was once dead to come alive and some of you got to acknowledge it's not just the fact that God's forgiving you but God has set you free from your past you sit there and say but I cannot remember I I I have all these thoughts and I have all these failures and I and I, I sometimes I don't even volunteer to help in church because of what I've done And God says, remember, it's dead and gone. It's dead and gone. I am thankful for Easter. I'm thankful for you guys being here today. Let me rewind. One day you're going to die. I'm not saying that to be negative or anything, but one day you're going to die. Because the wages of our sin is death. And one day I'm going to stand before God. And I'm not going to say anything. I can't plead my own case. I can't justify my wrong. I can't cover it up. I can't. There's nothing, nothing, nothing I can do. Except lift up my hands and surrender and say, I've been bought the blood of the Lamb. Do you know what it means to be forgiven? Do you know what it means to be set free? Because it's nothing that I have done. It's nothing that I could do except for the fact that one day on my walk of life, I encountered my sin. I saw the light. It clicked. It opened. I knew. And I realized that I am destined for help. The Bible says that he commended his love toward me. And while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. And I look at the cross. Say everything that that represents. God, will you give it to me? And he says, yes, I'll give it to you. I did it for you. I love you that much. I love you that much. Simply say, God, if you forgive me of my sins right now, I ask you to come into my heart. Cleanse this junk in my life and ask you Lord to get it out I'm asking you God to forgive me and the Bible says he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive me of my sins and he will cleanse me from all my unrighteousness and I'm here to tell you he'll do the same thing for you it's not about where you've been it's about where you're going it's not about who you are it's who you meet the one that can save you and change you but unless you know that It's appointed unto you once to die, and after that, the judgment.